Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Okay, it is 7.30 a.m. Friday morning. I just woke up, but we recorded this episode yesterday and obviously so much has broken since then. The one thing we felt it was worth mentioning is Sheena's lawyer's response to Raquel filing for the restraining order. They said, this case is a fabrication by a known liar and a cheat who has betrayed everyone close to her. Sheena never punched Rachel, period. The supposed dark markings around her left eye have been there for months. Neither Sheena nor other cast members want anything to do with Rachel going forward. The judges only heard a one-sided account of what happened, and we look forward to presenting the full and true story at the March 29th hearing. By the way, I'm not saying Rachel, the lawyer literally wrote Rachel, but just want you guys to keep that in mind as you listen to the episode and hear the restraining order part, but... (laughs) I will leave you with the rest of the episode. There is just so much coming out, more than we can keep up with. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome to part two of our Vanderpump Emergency episode. I truly cannot believe how much has happened since we sat down together on Monday. It is like an entirely different world already again. We had no intentions of dropping a second episode on this this week, but it's a necessity. I mean, even as we are recording, more stuff is coming out. This is just a story that has kept its momentum up, and I I just can't wait to dive into all this. Honestly, I think we have more here than we even did in part one of our emergency episode, dare I say. Yes, and by the way, some of our most burning questions have been answered, which we have to get into. Thank you, Kristen Doty. Okay, so let me just give you guys a roadmap about how this episode is going to go down. Because if you listen to our episode on Monday, basically what we did is we took you through the 96 hours leading up to Monday in pretty much chronological order. That's kind of what we're going to do today of everything that has broken since Monday. So we're talking about the filming updates, the restraining order, Tom and Raquel's public apologies, the cast podcasts. At the end, we want to talk about the viewing experience of watching Vanderpump last night, knowing what we know now, because... I don't know about you guys, but for me, that was an out-of-body experience. Lisa on Watch What Happens Live and kind of anything else that is breaking as we're recording this. I'm not kidding. Any 
thing that you could, would, or should want to know about this entire saga will be in this episode. I was 10 pages deep in Terry Maloney's Instagram. I'm subscribed to Sheena's Patreon. I've listened to all the podcasts. Emma and I have gone so deep and broken down every single detail of absolutely everything that you will have your PhD in Scandaval after this hour of listening to us. Yeah, I I hope so. I I texted you before we started. I was like, I swear to God, I feel like what I imagine Patrick Mahomes to feel like before the Super Bowl. Like I am, (laughs) my entire body is vibrating. I was like, not a sports reference. (laughs) It's This is really overwhelming, you guys. And I, I get such a high from treating these podcasts you know, so seriously. And there's so much information, but I think I need 30 seconds before we start to just like freak out over how crazy this is. No, this is like fucking crazy. I, I have only become more interested and more in disbelief as I learn more things. Like to actually think about it happening and that it's not just a TV show and it's not this like fake world scenario. Like Ariana is a real woman who could have just been one of our best friends. There was a moment that I had a real, I guess, like out of body experience where I'm watching Sheena's Patreon vlog that she did about her time in New York where she was just with Raquel. They were together. They flew together. They did the whole press day together. They did watch What Happens Live. And of course, as we know, at the end of the day, After they did Watch Robins Live, they went out for drinks, and that's when everything went to shit, and they all found out about it. And I'm watching a clip in her vlog, and it's like the two of them sitting in the hotel room getting glam, and Sheena's filming her. Oh, my God, Raquel, you look so pretty. And I'm like looking at Raquel like, you are fucking Tom Sandoval, and you're just sitting in that chair with that knowledge, and we don't know it, but watching this back, it's so eerie. I can only imagine how Sheena must feel and how everybody must feel. I know. And the other thing that I can't stop wondering is on what level did Raquel and Tom know that this was about to come out? Because if you listen to Chicks in the Office, because they, of course, interviewed Raquel and Sheena just days before this broke, Fran was saying that Raquel was visibly shaking during their interview. And this was before anything broke. She said that she was just so nervous. She had a real nervous energy about her. And I wonder, did they have a feeling that this was coming out any moment? I don't know. It doesn't seem like there was some other reason than Ariana randomly grabbing the phone. You know what I mean? Like what made that night any different? It's If she hadn't grabbed the phone, it's not like somebody found out and was threatening to expose them. And even Dodie says this. We'll talk about her podcast, which, like I said, is a 10 out of 10 listening experience. She said it was just a gut instinct of Ariana's. So it's like it always really so random. She would not have had any way of knowing that. I think she was probably just nervous because she has this huge fucking secret sitting on her back. Like that could make a person sick. Okay. Are you ready? Ready as ever, even more ready than Monday. I am just cannot get enough of this. And there's so much here. Okay, so we are going to pick up pretty much exactly where we left off because we upload our episode this Monday, March 6th, and immediately after that, James Kennedy posts the first Insta story from filming his confessional, and it's the clapboard that says Scandaval. So we know now filming has begun. They are in deep. That was a great moment for me because we had just recorded our full episode, and I guess it wasn't like confirmed, confirmed. We just heard like, oh, the cameras are picking up, but I felt the biggest sense of like, 
relief and excitement seeing a physical representation that it was actually happening and that Bravo and the production and everyone were taking this as seriously as we all were. We then get the page six headline, Tom Sandoval makes late night visit to Raquel Levis's apartment amid a fair scandal. I'm sure you guys all saw these paparazzi photos of him going into her apartment. If not, we'll put the link in the description. But there were some conflicting reports around this because Tom's team insisted that they were filming a scene at her apartment. TMZ said that they didn't. Keep in mind that this is all happening hours after Tom and Ariana filmed a scene. According to page six, sources said that this scene left Ariana feeling gaslit by Sandoval. Quote, he gave her several excuses as to why he never copped to cheating, an insider said, adding that, quote, he didn't tell her about the affair with Levis because he was worried about how it would impact her mental health. Which, I wish there was a sound that was representative of the intense eye roll I feel reading that. It's unbelievable. No, it really is overwhelming. And I just want to add, as we go through the timeline of events here, everyone who's listening, your blood pressure is going to rise in the way that ours did because you cannot believe some of what you are about to hear. He out-douchebags his own self. It's unfucking believable Okay, we're then going into Tuesday, March 7th, when we get the TMZ headline, Vanderpump Rules Raquel Levis intimate FaceTime sesh with Tom, she says was recorded without permission. I got to read you guys this paragraph. Raquel Levis says the intimate FaceTime session she had with Tom Sandoval that ultimately led to Tom's split with Ariana Maddox was recorded without her permission, and she's gotten her lawyers involved to warn everyone about sharing it. Levis's lawyers fired off a letter Monday to several Vanderpump cast members and friends, warning that the recording, quote, was done illegally without Raquel's knowledge or consent. Her attorney cited a revenge porn law in the California Penal Code outlawing, quote, non-consensual pornography, making it a crime to invade someone's privacy and disseminate such material. Which, going back to our conversation on Monday about how the thing that's so unique with the Vanderpump cast is that as these headlines are coming out, we are also getting their response in real time. So like fucking clockwork, Lala is on her story talking about this. She posted a story that she very quickly deleted after basically saying, you know, Raquel, let your little Mickey Mouse lawyer know that if he has stuff to send over, he can send it to my lawyer. Don't send it directly to me. And that's when she ends with, send it to Daryl. You then see very quickly thereafter, Lala started making Send It to Daryl merch. Daryl is Lala's lawyer. I think it's clear that Raquel assembled a team and they all kind of divided and conquered and said, how can we protect Raquel the best we can? As they should. Like that is clearly their job and that's what Raquel wants. To me, what sort of like piqued my interest was that a lot of the cast members received this cease and desist concerning the recorded FaceTime and not just Tom Sandoval when obviously he was the one who had it on his phone. Now, I don't know if that's just creating a layer of protection in case anything ever did happen or there's other things out there floating around, but I don't know. My antenna was sort of raised like, hmm, does she know something? Did hypothetically Ariana send something to herself from Tom's phone as evidence or backup? Did another cast member get something or find something? Are there screenshots floating around? I don't know. I just thought that not only the article saying that all of the cast members got these letters, but Lala coming on and being like, I got it directly to my email was just something I thought we should definitely give this a second thought. This next thing is crazy. We get the page six headline, Raquel Levis, Tom Sandoval kissed on camera in first post-Scandoval scene. Raquel Levis and Tom Sandoval locked lips in their first post-Scandoval scene for Vanderpump Rules season 10, multiple sources tell page six. 
Quote, they kissed on camera, one source tells us exclusively, adding that the smooch took place at Levis's North Hollywood apartment on Saturday. Despite the kiss, the status of the pair's relationship remains complicated, another insider shares. Can I tell you how I'm visualizing this? Mm-hmm. The way I kind of have imagined this scene in my head, of course I know nothing, is that Tom and Raquel filmed some sort of conversation on her boucle couch, golden doodle sitting next to her, and they're both crying and hugging and sort of have this moment where it feels natural for them to kiss and maybe almost a sense of like relief that they're now, quote, allowed, like I use very heavy air quotes, allowed to do that. I mean, I don't know. It must have been such a heavy and like awkward moment for production in the room who has watched them for even just this season, if not months and years to do that and how natural it comes. Like I can't wait to just psychoanalyze that. And I just picture they kiss, they have a hug, they're talking it out. Sandoval leaves, they get a shot of Raquel still crying on the couch. And then we move on to what's going on at Ariana's house. The other thing that you guys have to remember is we're getting that on this season. Like I can't believe it. You know, to hear it, it feels like stranger than fiction. That is footage that we are going to be viewing sometime in the next few months. I'm itching to see the footage. Like I close my eyes and I try to watch it as though it's an episode. And I'm just, I'm like actually stressed about needing it now. I want to break into the production offices and steal all the raw footage. We then start hearing rumors about Sandoval's unwillingness to film and none other than Jack's tweets. Funny he's now refusing to film and did the exact same thing when the Miami girl was in town. Hashtag own your shit. Then comes the Entertainment Tonight headline. Vanderpump Rules star Tom Sandoval threatens to stop filming after scene with Raquel Levis. Tom Sandoval has drawn a line in the sand with the producers of Vanderpump Rules, E.T. has learned. The aspiring musician hilarious way to describe him, by the way, filmed a scene with Raquel Levis following the explosive allegations that the two co-stars were having an affair for months behind Ariana Maddox's back. A source tells ET, quote, Tom wasn't happy with how the scene went with Raquel and felt like it was going to paint him in a negative light. He told producers he'd like to refilm the scene, but producers weren't having it. The source adds, quote, Tom told production that he would no longer shoot Vanderpump Rules if they don't listen to him. Assuming this is true, he has a lot of nerve, like the audacity to think that he can pull something like this and also play producer on a show that he's been on for so many years. He knows how this goes down. It's just truly unbelievable. Like we said, you are going to have your blood pressure rise. And this is one moment where I was like, I can't even believe this. Well, the entire irony behind the idea of painting one in a negative light is that like the painting has been done. The negative light has been so deeply cast. And if anything, I think we're all at this point, like there's no positivity that can come from this. The only good thing is really give us the entertainment. The painting's been done. He's the damn Bob Ross of the painting. Right. Like we're talking, you are the Picasso of negative lighting, motherfucker. <laughs> like, you know, sorry, like, too little, too late. Okay. So this next part is where shit starts to get real. So up until this point, all we've heard about the physical violence between Raquel and Sheena is rumors about Sheena punched Raquel at the bar when they were out after Watch What Happens Live as soon as she found out from Ariana about the cheating. Now it's starting to get really real and really legal. 
So we get the TMZ headline, Vanderpump Rules Raquel Levis Seeks Court Protection from Sheena. Raquel, whose affair with fellow VPR star Tom Sandoval was recently revealed, beelined it to court Tuesday and filed for a restraining order against Sheena, according to online records. It's interesting, the filing comes in the wake of reports Sheena allegedly got violent with Raquel over her and Tom's cheating scandal. We can't yet confirm, though, that rumor, and that's all it is at this point, is behind Raquel's request for the restraining order. It's unclear right now if a judge granted Raquel's request or even what she's specifically alleging Sheena did to her. We will get more into this a little bit later on when we seriously outline exactly what this filing says. But at this point, we are like, oh, wow, this is real. Now get ready for a major blood pressure raising moment. I know you have all seen (laughs) this by now, but for the sake of giving this episode everything that it needs to be, we have to read this verbatim. Midnight on March 7th is when Sandoval posts his apology to Instagram. His second apology, by the way. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I want to first and foremost apologize to everyone I've hurt throughout this process. Most of all, I want to apologize to Ariana. I made some mistakes, I was selfish, and made reckless decisions that hurt somebody I love. No one deserves to feel that pain so traumatically and publicly. I can only imagine how devastating this has been for Ariana and everyone around us. I feel really horrible about that. My biggest regret is that I dishonored Ariana. I never meant to disappoint so many people, including our loving families and friends. My love for Ariana was stronger than any camera could have ever captured. Some of our best times together were never filmed. The same goes for some of our biggest struggles. I wish things happened in a different order and our relationship was not severely tarnished and that it ended with the same respect for her that it began with. I owed Ariana better. I'm beyond sad that it ended the way it did. The choices I made hurt so many people. I acted in a way that clashes with who and how I want to be. I will continue to reflect and work on myself. I have work to do. I always have and I always will. Hyphen Tom. There is so much to get into and break down about this apology. First, I want to start with a tweet that writer Ray Sani wrote where they said, PR team helped with this. The late night post and the language in the post reads to me like he's embarrassed and already having a hard time with the backlash. I so agree with that. I thought everything about this, posting it like in the middle of the night, the total structure, you could tell that there are a lot of hands in helping this apology come out and be constructed. And also what stood out to me, I think the most was the stark contrast between this apology and the first apology, which was aimed more towards his business, his business partners and pleading with people not to like fuck around with that anymore. The tone and everything like it's it's from two completely different people. I mean, the last apology started with, hey, I fully understand and deserve your anger. You're you are. So <laughs> yeah, this is like a college essay. Also, let us not forget, as we spoke about on Monday, the first apology that even remotely mentioned Ariana didn't come from Raquel. It didn't come from Tom Sandoval. It came from the bar account of Schwartz and Sandy's. So effectively what's happening here is Sandoval, yeah, of course, took a note from his PR team, but also kind of took a note from the bar in terms of acknowledging Ariana in this apology, which like, it's not even worth anyone's energy to evaluate how, quote, solid of an apology this is because there's nothing that either of them could say that would calm the situation. You know, yes, is it important that he put it out? I guess. But to me, it's water under the bridge. It makes no difference. It didn't necessarily anger us more, but it doesn't change anything. It was just a formality at that point. Right. And then a couple of hours later, early in the morning, Wednesday, Raquel gives her statement in an exclusive to Entertainment Tonight. And they post it as a grid post on their grid in a notes app. 
Something really interesting about this that I want to say is in both of Raquel's statement, and we'll read her second one in a few minutes, she gave the exclusive to outlets, first Entertainment Tonight and then People before posting it on her own social. And I know there's a lot of conversation around whether or not she was compensated for that. We don't have any confirmation one way or another, but it is interesting to note strictly from a PR angle that that was the way in which she chose to do it. But let me read this apology and let me also tell you that in the first iteration of this, before she changed the caption, her caption was, I'm sorry, with the emoji of like the teary eyes and the heart. I would like to actually confirm that that emoji is called the pleading eye emoji and then the heartbreak emoji, just so you can have a real visual. It was like an I'm sorry that you send if you accidentally ate your roommate's last piece of pizza. Huge energy of like, oh, I'm sorry. I came home kind of drunk last night. I saw it. I didn't know that you were going to want it tomorrow. Not like, I'm sorry that I've been hooking up with your boyfriend of nine years for the last six months while claiming to be one of your close friends. But you know, at, at this point, it's par for the fucking course. No, that is like, I'm sorry. I can't make it to your birthday party. Like my flight got delayed. I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't get over the I'm sorry pleading eye heartbreak emojis. So it reads, I want to apologize for my actions and my choices to Ariana, my friends, and the fans so invested in our relationships. There's no excuse. I'm not a victim and must own my actions. I deeply regret hurting Ariana. In the time since this came to light, I'm reflecting on my choices, speaking to a counselor, and I'm learning things about myself, such as my patterns of codependency and addiction to being and feeling loved. I've sought emotional validation through intimate connections that are not healthy without regard for my own well-being, sometimes negatively affecting others and often prioritizing the intimate connection over my friendships. I'm taking steps to understand my behavior and make healthier choices. Although I chose to be on a reality show accepting the good and bad that comes with it, beyond my own actions, I've been physically assaulted, lost friendships, received death threats and hate emails in addition to having had my privacy violated. I've begun counseling to end my unhealthy behavioral cycle, learn to set stronger emotional boundaries, and learn to protect my mental health. I don't expect sympathy, understanding, or forgiveness. Right now, I must focus on my own health and well-being, and as I strive to be a better person moving forward, I will prioritize my mental health and learn from my mistakes. Which, like, what I want to say to that, and I think we've made it pretty clear, especially if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, I, I have to imagine that, you know, this is our stance. Like, yeah, do I think she's a pretty shitty person that did a terrible thing? Absolutely. Do I wish any bad on her? Of course not. Like she is still a human being as is everyone else involved in this and any sort of unnecessary hate, bullying, death threats, like that's not what we're doing here. So it's important to note like that is not the angle here. However, I think we have every right to talk about how ridiculous of a statement I believe this to be. This statement gives me the same energy as Lauren Manzo yelling at Teresa, spell napalm, spell mm-hmm. napalm. I just feel like if I'm Ariana – Nothing is going to cut it. So at this point, I just like, there's not even that much commentary to say about these apologies. Like I said, they're all a formality at this point. Well, we then get from Entertainment Tonight that apparently Raquel reached out privately to Ariana last week. So the article was saying that Raquel tried to apologize to Ariana privately before the news broke. She said that, you know, before publicly apologizing to Ariana, Raquel tried to get in touch with her privately. Raquel first reached out on Friday, March 3rd, after the news of the affair broke. Ariana responded to Raquel, but wasn't ready to receive the apology. Raquel also tried to apologize Wednesday before publicly releasing her statement, but she didn't hear back from Ariana. Keep in mind, though, this is all after that initial conversation that came last Wednesday night after Raquel and Sheena were on Watch What Happens and Ariana first found out about it. So when they said she tried to formally apologize to Ariana, that's not their first ever conversation. That's just, I guess, what they're describing as the first ever formal apology. Yeah. You and I were speaking about this before. 
I obviously don't know, but I imagine the first phone call where Raquel walks out of the bar and is on the phone with Ariana was not like some sort of civil conversation where anything was hashed out or anything except Raquel being like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I think that was them technically speaking, but it was probably such a wild roller coaster for both of them that now that like a little tiny inch of the dust has settled, Raquel probably wanted to give a version of this apology she posted on Instagram to her. Of course, Ariana is not open or looking for that right now. But again, formality in the timeline of everything that Raquel is, quote, supposed to do, of course, she should be reaching out to Ariana and like pleading to be able to apologize for her. And by the way, just to add a moment of levity to the whole thing, part of the reason that Raquel potentially didn't reach out to Ariana formally until Friday is because according to some reports, Gina threw her phone in the gutter on Wednesday. So maybe she needed two days to go to Verizon, you know? (laughs) Right, like the Apple store didn't have the space gray model in stock, so she's just waiting for the green one to come in. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Let's talk about baby making for a second because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Frida Fertility. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Free to Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you. The next thing that we're going to do is kind of outline some of these documents. There is an amazing account on Instagram called at the Bravo docket. We will link their post in the description because when it comes to anything legal, they are really the place to go. Like we are not the place to go, but we've highlighted some of what they talked about in terms of explaining this restraining order. So everyone was kind of confused because 
there's a lot of different things to go into this. The main takeaways are Raquel filed an application for civil harassment restraining order. She filed also for a temporary restraining order, which means you fear, quote, imminent irreparable injury and want an order of protection issued before the hearing on the restraining order. This can be granted within 24 hours and is based only on what was within the application. So basically, the court is only seeing this one side of the story, which Raquel is giving, and the restraining order then lasts until the hearing for the actual restraining order. So Raquel did request this and was granted a, quote, temporary restraining order until the hearing, which is going to take place on March 29th. And that means Sheena must stay 100 yards away from Raquel. Keep in mind, which we'll get into, the Vanderpump Rules reunion is set to tape sometime in the next two, two and a half weeks. So all of this is overlapping with that and potentially creating an environment where they won't be allowed in the same room. So Everyone's getting all this information because of all the records that Raquel included in her filing to get this temporary restraining order. So she included records of her visit to urgent care in North Hollywood, California. And in that record, which I guess the doctor or the nurse had wrote, it says, patient was involved in a physical altercation with another person, a friend, in New York at the early a.m. hours of Thursday or midnight hours of Wednesday. She was pushed, struck her head onto hard concrete, Then she was punched and struck in the left eye, causing bruising, pain, mild vision changes, and lingering headache from the altercation. Also, left brow laceration, healing well. Also, in these filings, she included an image of Sheena's Instagram post, which Sheena's caption is, always got your back, with the fist bump punch emoji. It was a photo of her and Ariana, and uses this as evidence and I guess, like a case against Sheena, quote, threatening her. She also included a bunch of selfie images of her eye, the laceration, the bruised eye, which you guys have probably seen going around. TMZ posted them. So at this hearing, which is scheduled for March 29th, is when the court will hear both sides' evidence and will decide whether to grant the actual restraining order. Right now, she's just on the temporary, but there will be a hearing where both sides are heard and deciding if it's actually worthy or not. So as if this couldn't get crazier, because already we're now seeing this information concretely and realizing that there is a very legitimate chance that this restraining order will impact the reunion, meaning there is a world in which Sheena will have to attend the reunion virtually because her and Raquel cannot be in the same room. Andy talked about this on Radio Andy, and he was like, no matter what, we're going to figure it out. So if hypothetically speaking, they have to do it in that way, I would have to imagine it would be Sheena that would be coming in virtually instead of Raquel because I think it's probably more important for Raquel to be there in person physically. But, you know, as we said, the hearing is not scheduled till March 29th. In this current moment, the reunion is set to tape sometime in the next few weeks. So unless the reunion date is changed, they will not be in the same room most likely for filming this reunion unless for some reason Raquel drops the temporary restraining order. I have to say, I'm like not that worried about it. I, I I don't know why, like maybe I should be, but I just feel like they're going to figure something out. We got some amazing reunions, not amazing, pretty good reunions all over Zoom during the height of the pandemic. I just, I don't know. I have faith in Bravo this moment because how quickly they picked up and how seriously they're taking this, they're not going to fumble the bag. Like we are going to be satisfied and satiated in some way. And like, If it has to be over Zoom, if they have to film 
different things at different times in different studios. I, I don't know. They're going to figure it out. We've we've conquered harder things before. And I think what's most important is that Tom, Raquel, and Ariana, if they're all uh, up to it and agree to it, will be in the same room. I'm going to tell you right now, though, if it is Sheena that is zooming in, I just see her in that little box on the upper right-hand side of the screen, like literally wanting to jump through the TV. She's going to be so frustrated, like sitting there on the screen, not getting to have like the physical energy and insert her point, you know, like they're going to be able to lower her volume, maybe mute her a little bit. It's just going to add another chaotic layer. And like, I'm just, I'm not stressing about it. Okay. We got bigger fish to fry here. So as if this couldn't get crazier, we're all processing the fact that we now have this restraining order in physical form. We're seeing these accompanying photos. Out of left fucking field, a person by the name of Kale Ramsey Ackerson, who's a friend of Sheena Schwartz-Brock's, he calls Sheena his ride or die in an earlier post, posts on Instagram photos of Raquel that were apparently taken before Watch What Happens and writes... So I've tried to stay out of this whole thing, but one thing we're not about to do is lie. All of these photos were before Watch What Happens, and in all of these, the so-called, quote, black eye was present. At Raquel, this is not how you treat family, but again, everything comes to light. It's not about just coming for someone who's my best friend, but it is you coming for someone who gave everything to protect you, be there for you, and support you when everyone else didn't. I can't sit back and watch you create narratives to save your own ass while trying to bring someone else down as a deflection. I hate it has come to this, but enough is enough. So hashtag happy International Women's Day to the women who really stick by one another and uplift each other without tearing the other down. Please get the help you need because this is sick. Listen, we're not here to evaluate whether or not this black eye was present before Watch What Happens. We're simply mentioning that just to cite another example of how fucking chaotic this situation is. It's just interesting that that's even floating around out there and that that's maybe an opinion that some people hold or could potentially come out again. Or even that Sheena and Brock and their friends or that side is even considering as part of the story. I will say just one thing, going back to the Bravo docket and reading all of the things in Raquel's application for the harassment restraining order. One thing I thought was interesting that I took away was that Raquel waited until she was back in California to go to the urgent care. It wasn't like that night in New York. I don't know when she left. She sat on the plane for six hours. I just think like those details of me are what sticks out because I am looking at literally every single thing so microscopically and will read and consume anything anyone says or anyone's take that is all just helping, again, put together all these little 10 billion puzzle pieces of what is going on, what happened, what really happened, and what everyone thinks about it. If you asked me to equate myself to an inanimate object at this moment, I would say I am a sponge. Like I feel in this moment I'm a motherfucking scrub daddy just taking everything (laughs) in. You know what I mean? Like let me just absorb it all and later we'll decide what's real, what's not. But the reason that I get so fulfilled when we do these episodes is because I think, yes, for your average person, it's a lot to consume and it probably is helpful to have a pretty curated guide, but it's helpful for at least me as well. Like for us to sit here and talk through it and kind of go through every moment. And then as we're talking about it, have reactions come up. It's not only cathartic, but it's also helpful in understanding just the magnitude of the situation. Totally. And also going back through all of these headlines and realizing what we've consumed since we recorded our last podcast and how the information has been trickling out and like how we've arrived to where we are in this current moment at Thursday at 11.15. Like, 
also what we're going to think by the next time we record. Like what's going to come out then? Will there be videos? Will there be more podcasts? Will there be a preview? Will there be a statement? Will Ariana talk? Like the world is our oyster at this point. Like I do not know what every time I open Instagram what I'm going to see. Oh, forget about it. I already feel like I've aged, you know, minimally two years since Monday. So I can't even imagine next week. Every time we talk about like all this breaking and talking about the podcast, Emma and I are like, yeah, like a week ago, like last week, last week. I'm like, that was literally yesterday. It feels like a different world. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, co-insurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Okay, so the next two things that we're going to cover are kind of regarding what the current situation between Tom and Raquel may be. We first get a headline from page six. Raquel Avis is ghosting Tom Sandoval. She hides out in L.A. We'll put the link in the description to these paparazzi photos from page six that are Raquel kind of walking around in an L.A. shopping center. You can see her looking very somber. And then remember how earlier we said that when Raquel released her initial apology, she did it through Entertainment Tonight and then later posted it on her own socials. So the second statement, she first released exclusively to people and then posted it on her Instagram stories in a notes app. And this says, besides the indefensible circumstances surrounding our relationship, my feelings for Tom have always been sincere and born out of a loving friendship. Knowing how many people we hurt, I need to understand my choices and learn to make better ones. I need to take care of my health, work on self-growth and take time to be okay with being alone. I care for Tom and I don't want to label anything or predict what lies ahead. Right now I need to heal. Can I just like 
give you my honest reaction to that for a second. Yeah, I'm about to give you mine. My question is like, I understand the initial apology, whether or not sincere, needed to be given almost as a formality. I am thoroughly confused as to why this second statement was necessary. Like, yeah, obviously there's a part of us that's all curious about what's actually going on with them. Like, are you guys really in love? Is this it for you? But it's not the kind of thing where I felt was beneficial if I'm her team to hear about at the moment, you know? Like she owed us the first one. She doesn't owe us the follow-up yet. Like you clearly have other ways and platforms to talk about this. It felt weird. It just felt like a lot of her, like oversaturation. Like we got the apology from ET, then we got her regular apology on her page. Then we get this statement to people and then she posted on her page and both on her grid and her stories. Like it was just a, a lot of like information overload. I almost wanted to be like, less is more. Obviously more is more for us. I, I want every single thing. Like you said, we're our scrub daddy over here. A line that stood out to me maybe the most was my feelings for Tom have always been sincere and born out of a loving friendship. Like that is a statement. She's not not saying that they're in love and going to continue down this path that they've been pursuing for the last seven months and that there is something real there. Like she's not at all denying that. If anything, I think she's sort of supporting that. I don't think she's going to come out with some blanket statement about what's going on with them or how they feel about each other. I hope at the reunion we'll get that. But that line was like, if I'm Ariana, I'm just a huge stab in the gut. Yeah, the whole thing was just very bizarre. And to be honest with you, I keep asking myself, like, she's damned if she does, damned if she doesn't. Like, she already fucked up in such a severe and unforgivable way that no matter what she does, it is not going to be received well. And so I kind of check myself on that every time I read one of these statements and have a reaction to them because, like, I know there's nothing that either one of them could say that I would receive positively. Like, I'm self-aware enough to know that. However, I, I think this is as objective a statement as I can make given the whole circumstance. Like, This one to me just felt objectively unnecessary because not one person in the public is expecting that you or Tom is going to label your situation. Like, you know what (laughs) I mean? We want it. We fucking want it. Yeah, obviously. Okay, here is the thing. Obviously, every single one of us listening, our allegiance and our loyalty is to Ariana. That is where our heart is. That is who we are feeling for. Yes, of course, we're caught up in the drama of it all. But like, of course, that's what we're feeling. That being said, if Raquel and Sandoval came out tonight with a statement of, we are madly in love, we've actually secretly gotten engaged, while we would be livid and infuriated, we would eat that shit up. And every single one of us is lying if we said we wouldn't. So my thing is like, yeah, obviously we love to hear it, but like, we're not expecting it, you know? Yeah. Like she doesn't have to give it to us. It's like, she's, she's doing extra credit work. Okay, so now moving on to this morning again at the time that we're recording this is 11:30 a.m. Eastern Time. I am sure more things will come out the moment after we send this to our producer. However, this morning Ariana reactivated her Instagram. We're, you know, anxiously awaiting any statement or any comment, although I have no expectation of getting that. But second of all, and this is one of the most important things we are going to discuss, Kristen Doty released her episode yesterday. And she really gave us a lot because, keep this in mind, this morning when Lala dropped her podcast, one of the first things she said is that she came on, she recorded for an hour, and before she was able to post it, 
She got an email from Bravo, as did all of the cast members, saying that they were not really allowed to formally discuss this until the episodes had aired. However, Kristen Doty has the benefit of not being a cast member, and so she's able to talk about this more freely. So the information that we got from Kristen's podcast, definitely worth a listen, paints a pretty clear picture. It's so important that we heard from Doty and that I actually think the way that she spoke about this was in a way that was still very respectful to Ariana, who's one of her close friends, but also clearly she had Ariana's blessing. I mean, she even says this to talk about it and gave little pieces of information. Like I was listening with such bated breath and so closely to every word and noun and verb that she decided to use to see if it would answer any of our outstanding questions or fill in the blanks on anything. And like, she really did. Like, I'm not saying she dropped any hu- – actually, she did drop one bombshell that I want. we'll discuss, but just so much because she was there at the bar where Tom performed the night that Ariana found out. It clarifies the whole story about that. She's been at Ariana's house for the last couple of days on the front lines helping her, cleaning up the house, cooking dinner, being part of the support system. And she is now filming – we just saw paparazzi photos of her actually with a camera in her face – as I guess part of this sort of like core support group that has been there for Ariana. And like on top of all that, just being like a close, you know, first line of defense friend, think about Kristen fucking Doty. This is Tom Sandoval's ex. This is someone who hated Ariana from the deepest part of her gut because she was getting so much attention from her own boyfriend. Like the way that they started to see where they are now, if that is something that if, if you had told Kristen Doty 10 years ago when she was rolling up to Tom's apartment in her green romper to get the mail that a decade later this is what would be happening, she would literally go instantly into a coma. Yeah, and so would I. I can't believe we're not in a coma. Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so she starts out by saying that she was with Tom and Ariana the night that Ariana found out. And, you know, they're all just getting drinks, chatting. And she realized that Ariana was gone for 20 minutes because she left her coat and purse on the chair. And so Kristen takes her stuff and she finds one of Ariana's best friends. And she's like, hey, do you know where she is? He couldn't find her either. She then clarifies the story that during Tom's performance, phone falls out of his pocket. A mutual friend hands the phone to Ariana. And Kristen says, Ariana just had this gut intuition to look at it. She's like, they're a trusting couple. You know, Kristen even says, she didn't pull the shit that I pulled. She's like, she doesn't look through his phone in the way that I used to, but there was just something about it in that moment that guided her to. And, you know, went into his photos, found the screen recording. So they leave the show quickly after Ariana calls Raquel. And while Ariana is on the phone with Raquel, as we know, Sheena comes out and Kristen tells us that what Ariana told her is that Raquel says to Sheena, I'm on the phone with Ariana. Sandoval and I had a seven month affair. That's when Sheena allegedly snatches her phone and throws it in the gutter. And Raquel's saying, you know, that they're in love and they're going to be together. So Keep in mind, you guys, we had gotten this story from the perspective of Sheena and Raquel out in the city post-watch what happens. We are now hearing it from Kristen, who's getting her direct recounting from Ariana about that phone call. Like, that is so fucking crazy. It's so valuable because Kristen has been at Ariana's house with whoever her close circle is, just probably talking about this and breaking all of it down. So she is giving us a seat at the table. And like I said, I think she actually was very respectful of not like, I guess she is gossiping, but she's not like giving all these like dirty 
inappropriate details. She's sort of like lightly clarifying everything that's been out there in a way that I think Ariana would want to. But with doing that, it's just so valuable. And like also confirming all of these headlines that like, yes, I am assuming are true, but who's to say? Like, I don't know. I I, I don't know the actual little details like Ariana was missing for 20 minutes and left her phone and her coat on the chair. Like those things to me are just so, so interesting. And I want to know every little part of it. Well, the most interesting thing to me out of this entire podcast is what she says next. This is the burning question we were wondering last week. This is the question Andy wanted to know. Kristen says that Tom Schwartz only found out about this a month ago. And he said to Sandoval, you need to tell Ariana before it blows up in your face and humiliates the hell out of her. I can't believe we get that answer from Kristen Doty in her podcast. She sort of says it kind of nonchalantly, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, Schwartz told me he only found out a month ago, whatever, because they were still friends. And that was our most burning question. One of them last week was like, when and how did Schwartz find out and how did he feel about it? Vanderpump said this last night, like Schwartz, you know, rides the fence so much his it's stuck up his ass or something like that. And like that is very much his personality. And I cannot imagine how fucking stressed out he's been with this information carrying it around. And like we discussed last week, too, you could see the stress and the confusion and the like sweating oh my god that he has felt when they've been doing all of these interviews together and that like just makes a lot more sense well on that point just important date context for a second when tom and tom were on watch what happens and that's when andy was saying you know the energy was really off that night that was february 8th okay and that us weekly video that's now going viral where you can tell there's some weird energy there anytime raquel is brought up that was two weeks ago which tracks with the theory that schwartz only found out in the last month I know it hasn't been 100% confirmed, but that's what I was saying to you on Monday. I do not think Schwartz has known about this for such a long time because I, I do not believe even for one second the theory that the Schwartz and Raquel thing from Schwartz's end was a cover-up. I don't. I really don't think that's the case. No. I am so aligned with Kristen that he found out pretty recently. Yeah, I, that fully makes sense to me and lines up with like what I kind of thought. Aside from literally everything else, I actually don't think Schwartz would have been able to hold a secret like that for this long. I think he would have ended up telling someone or just completely broken down. So maybe him finding out was like sort of a marker indicator that eventually this was going to come out to them. But I don't think that they thought that there was like an imminent threat, you know, like that that night. I don't think Raquel seeing Ariana calling her was necessarily, oh, my God, she she heard. Kristen was then saying on the podcast that she's been over to Ariana's in the past few days, that Ariana's totally numb, doesn't want to hear anything about any of it anymore, that Sandoval was gaslighting Ariana saying, you know, we haven't been happy, you weren't supporting my endeavors. And Kristen was saying that when she went to Ariana's on Friday and Ariana was filming interview bites, Ariana said to her, I'm so sorry, you know, for not listening to her. Because if you remember kind of the way that their relationship started was Tom cheating on Kristen with Ariana. Kristen is saying on the podcast, like, you have nothing to be sorry about. Like, these two situations are not even remotely comparable. Like, don't think about me for one second in any of this. And then this is the bombshell that honestly shook me and I think was, like, not something I was expecting. Kristen is explaining that basically all of Ariana and her friends, whoever is there, are sitting around and Sandoval just walks into the house and they are all sitting there like quiet, so awkward, holy shit. 
he came in and said, yeah, I know everyone hates me and went upstairs and that Kristen sort of took it upon herself. Her and a friend went up to talk to him and be like, all right, we got to figure out like the deal here. But also like they have to tread lightly because of course, legally, like it's still his house and they were trying to figure out getting a mediator for the two of them. But they also want him to like give Ariana a few hours heads up before he comes home so that she can leave. And for the next few weeks, they can sort of like operate in that way. He said to them, it's my house too. She can leave if she's not comfortable. Okay. Uh, No. Obviously, everything he said is just out of control. But something to me about him just so brazenly walking into their house, like I was picturing, even though I know he's like, you know, an asshole, doesn't have the social cues, blah, 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 that he was fucking hiding out, that he was in Tom Schwartz's apartment, that he went to his parents or his friends or whatever, a bandmate. And was hiding out, afraid as hell, take your space, whatever you need, like that kind of attitude. So to picture him swinging open the front door of their beautiful little black and white house in the valley, waltzing in and like facing this whole crowd of Ariana's closest friends and just going upstairs to their bedroom like nothing's going on, that is absolutely psychotic behavior. I was so shook when I heard her say that because the way that she was describing it really gave you a visual. And because we have watched Tom Sandoval on our screen for so many years, and we know the exact way that he says things and kind of his mannerisms, you could imagine it. As she was talking, I felt as though I had video footage in my head of him walking in being like, Yep, I know. Everyone hates me. The super dramatic thing, the dramatic look in his eyes, his his body language, you know, as if somehow this whole thing is twisted and he is now the victim in all of this. And I would say the visual of that is one of the more sickening elements of this thing that we've heard thus far. Like Kristen Doty is in the fucking house. She is the one that is going upstairs telling him, we got to set some ground rules here about how how we're going to go about this. And just what she was communicating, and again, we weren't there, but what she was communicating was like such a lack of sensitivity from him around this. And I think, again, He's not sorry it happened. He's sorry he got caught. He's sorry that his world is blowing up. And that is a very different kind of regret or guilt. It's no, it's nothing associated with hurting the person he so apparently loved. This is a deep regret as to what his life is about to turn into. And that right there is some real fucked up shit. I just can't help but think if that story about Sandoval walking in the house while all the friends were there and he wants to be at the house and is claiming it's half his and whatever if that had came out in like a headline we still would have been shook by it we would have been like that is crazy i can't believe that's his attitude so the fact that it came from Dodie, who was sitting there experienced it was the one who as she said volunteered his tribute to go upstairs and talk to him about it and she's just so casually sitting down and telling it to us as though she's like sending a voice note in our group chat that really like That threw me for a loop. I was not expecting that kind of tea. And I don't think she expected it to be that like groundbreaking. You know, she's living this. I'm sure there's so much more that she's not saying or juicier things or how angry Ariana is and what she's saying. Like, I'm sure there's a billion other pieces and this just seemed like a low level one. That was the biggest takeaway. Besides the other details that we got, that to me was like the big new tack on to this entire story so far. Yeah, no, that was really a wild one. I mean, she also said that Ariana's kind of encouraging her friends to post about it and said, you know, let's take our video so people know I'm okay. I think if I were to imagine, you know, when Ariana looks back on this time in her life, 
this whole time, but specifically like these two weeks, I think it will just be such a blur to her. It just has the energy of like being in the middle of this crisis. Time doesn't feel real. Nothing feels real. You haven't probably changed out of your clothes other than to film in days. You don't even know what you're eating, what you're consuming. Like everything I just have to imagine feels like she's going through the motions. I, I literally think her house probably feels like they're sitting Shiva. It, it's that kind I was of gonna say. I think. I was going to say, I remember around that time, like not to compare the two, it is so different, but like literally when my mom was dying, I remember feeling like this, all of this is fake. Like I couldn't tell you who was coming in and out of the house. It was just, it's all such a blur and it's like a self-protective mechanism to not understand the gravity of what's happening, you know? Yeah. And I, I was picturing that that was sort of the vibe at her house. I didn't know what she was doing or like sort of her emotional state, but I think that that, I think that Kristen's podcast sort of confirmed our suspicions about that. I would really like to get into not only Lisa and Watch What Happens, that's honestly the least significant of the two, but I feel we need to spend a moment on what it was like watching that episode last night, knowing what we know now, because I I just know everyone was having the same reaction. Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Okay, so let's get into Lisa and Watch What Happens Live. Look, she wasn't spilling any new tea or giving any new information. She had spoken to Ariana and I think is on the edge of her seat as much as all of us are. I really felt like it was more Andy and Lisa talking about this as two friends bouncing ideas and information off each other and like truly kind of freaking out about it the way that you and I sit down and do. Yeah. I mean, she's kind of processing this in real time as well. Let's also call it like it is. It was a little bit of a promotional opportunity for her. She got in the Vanderpump Rosé. She got in the part about supporting the restaurants in Vegas. Like she was playing into the whole thing in exactly the way that you kind of expected her to. She even had time to get in a dig against Rena and Kyle. I think she was, while being very sad for Ariana and everyone involved, like also kind of eating it up. It was an enjoyable watch, but we didn't get anything groundbreaking. No, I mean- I am fascinated. Like, I liked hearing how shocked she was and she found out with all of us, the rest of the world. I liked hearing that she's in touch with Ariana. And I also, honestly, I appreciate that they're giving it space and allowing it to all really play out on the show. Like, I kind of want spoilers. And as much as I love everything we're getting and all the information that we've just discussed, like, I feel like I'm sort of a hypocrite that I also – 
do want them to save stuff for the show. I'm happy that they can't all release their podcast and just like blurt all of their thoughts out and like we'll actually get to see it in a confessional or conversations between the two of them. I think that will be in the end a way more valuable viewing experience and also just like a better way of storytelling. It won't be as fun and groundbreaking if like we've already heard what they all think and what they all know and other little things that haven't come out yet. Oh, totally. And you know, the other thing you have to remember is like no matter what ends up coming out, even if we do get some spoilers, there's nothing like watching it play out visually. It's a completely different experience. So yes, I'm very much aligned with you, but also we could know everything and it would still be a 10 out of 10 to watch it. Exactly. Okay. So last night's Vanderpump, I mean, listen, we're not doing a whole recap here. Like in the scheme of things, Raquel and Oliver is so insignificant. However, the fact that this episode starts with Ariana and Raquel alone shopping, Ariana talking to her about what Raquel said to Katie about shorts and then saying, I was like, wow, am I about to be mad at Raquel for the first time? I'm thinking to myself, oh no, but give it a few more months and you're about to be more mad than her than you could ever imagine. The pit in my stomach I have watching the two of them together, it's like, it's so bad. It is so, so bad. I just noticed my body language. Like, obviously, we're not together. You can't see me. My entire face was just in my hand. Like, I know. Whole, like, that, that's the energy that I am having at this moment. I made a list of the moments that were, like, so eerie in terms of foreshadowing. I, I just want to read a few of those. Before you get into your list, I just have to say, like, <laughs> hysterically crying because Ariana's hysterical about her dog. I'm like, how much can this poor girl take? You know, like I didn't know we were also going to be so upset, heartbroken for her and then be punched in the gut because her dog is sick in this episode. It's like, we can't catch a break here. I'm literally watching this episode like Charlotte. I, I need you to hang on, Charlotte. You can't be doing oh other. My God. Like it was so painful. And then Sandoval's at the vet with her like, it's my girl, of course. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Oh my God. Fucking can't. Okay. When Raquel and Lala are talking about the trip and Raquel says, I hope there's enough men to go around. I feel like it's such slim pickings these days. <sighs> Chills chills clearly slim pickings you had to knock on the door upstairs <laughs> yeah or in the preview when post the oliver situation lala's saying to raquel that you know there's alcohol involved she really wouldn't trust raquel around her man oh and raquel is like well good thing you don't have a man or when christina kelly is saying you know i feel like i'm the only one not falling for raquel's sweet innocent act like everyone treats her like a baby and that's an insult to babies 10 out of 10 line 10 out of 10. This episode was so crazy to watch. I just, again, just how fast the night changes. If we had watched this episode without any of this going on, we would have been like, this is a fucking amazing episode. So much is going on. Like Vanderpump Rules is back. And now I'm just watching it. Like all the rest of it goes in one ear, out the other, the Schwartz stuff about the pinata. Like, I'm like, who the fuck is Schwartz? Like, I'm sorry, he's done. Like, we cared so much about him a week ago, and now I, I, all I care about is just, like, psychoanalyzing every little blink that Raquel does and look and thought and what's going through her head and what she's thinking about. Like, the viewing experience has just completely changed, and I just wonder, I don't think this week, but I think going forward, maybe the editors will change the way things are edited, maybe give us more scenes of Raquel, more scenes of Tom, add in more lines that like whether they 
had actual double meaning or meant anything regarding Raquel and Tom but could be seen that way. They'll put that in. Like, they're going to give us what we want. And eventually this is slowly going to fade into, I I hope more than one episode, but maybe one, two, or three incredible explosive episodes of what they're filming right now. And like that, I I just can't wait to get there. You know, a lot of people were responding to us last week when we were talking about how many parts of a reunion this may be. And they were saying, maybe this won't break the record for parts of a reunion, but the season will just be so much longer that it could still be covered in three episodes of a reunion. That's also possible. I don't know. I like There are logistics at play that we can't fully understand, but we're about to get some content. Content is like a disrespectful word for even what it is. By the way, in the midst of this whole thing happening, boom, Austin Kroll apparently hooked up with Taylor Green. And oh. a, a, no, here's the thing about Bravo. A week ago, that would have rocked our world, specifically ours. Like diehard Southern charm watchers talked about Austin last year at nauseam. I saw that and I was like, well, that's a Tuesday. Like I literally was like, not right now. We, We got bigger fish to fry. No, I was like, this can be put on the back burner. We can like talk about this and freak out maybe in a couple of weeks when I don't know. I don't know how this dies down or if potentially it will eventually like be not so crazy. I just – I don't have the brain capacity. I mean, this is crazy, and I actually had a flashback to us last year saying, are Austin and Taylor maybe soulmates? Like, I think they should hook up, and now they did. Like, I'm not shocked. And Austin left a comment where someone was like, oh, Austin, you're not the most hated guy on Bravo anymore. And he's like, well, got plenty more time to disappoint you. And you know what? He did. He did what he <laughs> set out to do. Apparently, Shep is not mad about it, though. So, like, if Shep's not mad, I'm not mad. No, I mean, it's the same thing. Southern Charm is very similar to Vanderpump in the incestuous nature of the cast. But right. yeah, any other time I would have eaten that shit up. Right now, I'm like, I kindly need you guys to just simmer down for a moment. It's the same way I feel about Raquel and Garcelle's son, Oliver. Like, there's so much coming out. His wife, ex-wife, whatever, is posting receipts and they're talking about this hookup on camera. And it's like, yeah, two weeks ago, that was super interesting when I cared about like Raquel and Schwartz and Raquel having this quote, huge crush on Schwartz, which by the way, Stassi on her podcast was like, they both really didn't care that much about each other. Like it was a meaningless hookup clearly. But now I'm like, okay, they made out once they went on a date. Oliver clearly has some shit to figure out. Garcelle commented that she wanted to stay out of this mess. The mess does not even compare. The mess is not messing. No, 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 no. We we are in the big leagues now. And by the way, you know, to your previous point about like, well, maybe one day when this flows over, I'm not saying that day is not going to come. Of course it does. I remember in the height of the Jordan Woods Tristan thing, we thought it would never end and, you know, we're years down the line. I'm just saying that in this moment, Thursday, March 9th at 12 o'clock PM, I physically cannot envision a world in which it's blown over. Like the way that I envision the rest of my life is that I will never not be consumed in this drama. I know the day will come. I just can't envision it. I'm so in it right now that I I can't see what that world looks like. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. Like this is a fucking never ending tunnel as far as I'm concerned. Another thing is that Ariana and Katie dropped the merch for their sandwich shop. So that is now live. I think it was a perfect opportunity for people who felt like they wanted to support Ariana in some way to sort of like channel their anger in a positive way. I I just, everybody is working overtime. Like everyone on the cast, the crew, social media, writers, reporters, everybody is not sleeping. And I know that for a fact that we are all so high on this adrenaline of this entire situation. And 
it's just it's truly incredible to be living through this time. This is the kind of thing where if I was in high school and all of this was dropping, I know for a 100% fact I would have walked into my like 10 a.m. English class really late and just looked dead at the teacher and been like, listen, I'm sorry, but Scandal. And fully expected that that would have been a reasonable excuse. And I actually think I probably could have crafted an argument to convince my teacher and the attendance lady that like it is. This this is as far as I'm concerned an acceptable out. You were just consuming the news. You wanted to be like up on you know what's going on. You have to be an informed civilian. Yes. I love everyone's tweets that are like, I started therapy for 20 minutes today talking about Scandival. But the reason that that was so funny is because like I actually did that. I had my therapy Tuesday at two and I said to her, I was like, this thing, she's like, oh my God. And can you believe LVP is going to be on watch what happens? And I'm like, all right, you got five minutes to get into this shit. <laughs> You're like, I'm paying it for a session and a half for this. I need one. Are you kidding? This is taking over our lives. Oh. <laughs> What's going to happen is Emma's going to like have a call with an astrologer and she'll be like, okay, I'm feeling like this, this. And she's like, okay, but what about Tom Sandoval and Raquel? Like, what are you seeing for their future? Wait, can I say something? I just want to have this like on record. I've seen a lot of people saying this and I'm honestly starting to feel it in my gut. I think Raquel, if, if her and Tom stay together, which I actually in my heart believe that they, I think are going to, or for at least some more time, I think she's going to get pregnant. Holy shit. Is that crazy? I mean, it's no crazier than how crazy all of this is. You know what I mean? It's just all crazy, yeah. Right, like at this point, what could be crazier? There's nothing that would shock me anymore. Remember how after Kim and Pete got together, I was like, I'm unshakable? Clearly that was a lie because this shook me to my fucking core. But I feel like after this, like – you guys, we're getting into unshakable territory. I, I don't know. It's like I thought we saw everything with the Kardashians, but this like, quote, family is really giving them a run for their money. Oh, yeah. And in a way that is so much less curated. Wow. wow. This is wild. I wonder what we're going to say next week. I, I don't know, Isabel. I, I, I just got to – we got to get through my dad's birthday. <laughs> celebrate, my, celebrate his 71st and let that be my focus and then go from there. But you guys – I just want to say it again. You know, we got a lot of really kind DMs of people, you know, thanking us for making them feel not crazy for caring. Thank you guys for giving us a place to process this, digest this, and talk about it in a way that also makes us feel not crazy because it's seriously a gift. It's taken over our minds. And we are so deeply grateful that we have this community to process it with. So we really appreciate you for being on this ride with us. And we are just in it together. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. We love you guys. Welcome to Nada Yada Island. This season on Nada Yada Island. When we were new, they spoiled me. They even gave me a phone. But then, it's like I didn't exist. Don't take Yada Yada from your wireless carrier. Now with Metro, get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex. Free 5G phones when you join, same deals as new customers when you stay. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Just bring your number and ID and sign up for an eligible plan. After 12 months, trade in and get our best deals on select devices.